Hey, everybody. It is me, Mike Hathwood. And one thing I know is that we all are short on time and we're all doing our best to save money. Okay. That's kind of part of the deal of living in modern America. That's why it's so important that you take advantage of honey. Honey is a fantastic tool that you can use on your computer, on your phone, and it really does take all of the busy work out of responsible shopping. It takes it out and it does it for you. Honey is a great way for you to find the best deal and to save money on everything you purchase online. Over 40,000 different companies and retailers. That's who Honey works with. What you do, go to joinhoney.com slash high and you get yourself Honey. You can put it right there on the toolbar on your computer or you get the app and it finds the best deals for you. It finds out how you can save money and it applies those savings at checkout. It couldn't be any easier. It's really just two steps and it's quick and it's free and it's there for you. There's no reason why you shouldn't use Honey. It's a great company and we're so proud to have them be a part of the high and dry experience. And I, I can't say enough good things about this product. There's really no downside. Sometimes things are too good to be true and you just want to find the fault. There's no fault in Honey. It saves you money. It's quick. It's easy, and you don't have to do any work. It does all the work for you. So go to joinhoney.com slash high and get yourself hooked up with Honey and do yourself a favor, save money, save time, live a happier life. Well, hello there, everybody. It's me, Mike Catherwood. Um, Happy New Year to all you people out there. And I want to say, first and foremost, before I talk about this amazing best of episode, um, thank you. Thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Um, Jason and Katie and I started this podcast kind of blindly, not knowing what would happen with it, what it would become, what it was going to be. And the experience has been nothing short of amazing. And that's all because of you and all the people who have been so nice to Support it and subscribe and download and tell your friends and all that good stuff. Um, we really care about this podcast and we want it to be something good. And we want it to be something that people can't wait um, to see uploaded onto their onto their feed so that they can they can get their hands on it. Um, and we will grow and we will do better and that's our promise to you because um, we we really do care about this podcast, like I said. And this is our first year of the High and Dry podcast, and it's been nothing short of amazing, like I said. In many ways, it's been totally different than how I planned, and in many ways, it's been exactly what I had planned for it. Um, but there's a long way to go, and we're gonna we're gonna really grow this podcast. I see it becoming something really huge and beautiful on a wide scale, and that all. Um, is because of you guys, all, all you guys and gals who download and subscribe and, and support us. Um, and we really sincerely appreciate it and we're grateful. So, like I said, this is the first year of the High and Dry podcast. And this is a best of episode that really encapsulates everything we did this year. And um, one thing I will say without uh, tooting our horn, um, I think that this podcast 
it's hard to identify. It's genreless and it goes in a lot of different places. And at times it can be so crazy and so dumb. And at times it can be really serious and heartfelt. Um, and I, I'm proud of that. And I know Jason and Katie are too. Um, so here you go. It's a best of some of the greatest guests we had, some of the greatest stories. Um, Weldon Angelo, who uh, was locked up for selling weed for a long time, like decades, he was sentenced. Um, Hanato Laranja, your uncle Hanaj. Um, we got pooping stories with adult film star Lee Raven. Um, I, the list goes on and on with our amazing guests, um, Tito Ortiz. Um, I can think of, I can uh, only think of a handful because there were so many great guests. And then obviously all the crazy stuff that Jason talks about, but more importantly, all the really touching things I think Jason dives into. Um, I know Jason Ellis personally, and I love Jason and I care about him. And, you know, Katie will echo this. It's, he has this very tough exterior, but on the inside, Jason's a really sensitive, caring guy. And one thing I like about this podcast is I think it gives Jason a chance to expose that in a, in a safe environment. Um, and of course, Katie is like no other. She's like the archetypical cool chick. Um, everyone wants to be like Katie because she's awesome and she truly doesn't care what anybody else thinks uh, in a good way. Um, and, you know, so she talks about her background a lot and um, her view on things, which is so unique. And then, of course, uh, I pepper in my my dumbness and my silliness, which I take very, very seriously. So here you go. Again, thank you to everybody. Thank you to Control Forever for always doing all the hard work, rolling up their sleeves and making this podcast possible. Um, and uh, once again, thank you to you guys who who support this podcast. Uh, obviously, thank you to our, po- our sponsors as well. Um, great sponsors, Honey, Outlaw Energy, um, Absolute Extracts. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of great sponsors and we will continue to have some of those sponsors and, and grow grow some new ones as well. I love you guys. Happy New Year. Here's to an amazing 2020 uh, from the High and Dry podcast. I'm Mike Catherwood signing out. One oh, time. Cliff would have been never fell off yeah. a horse. I never fell off a horse, but I have one super sketchy situation. I was riding this horse, Molly, at after the not part. Not on Molly? Not, <laughs> she was not on Molly. <laughs> okay. And uh, it was after the park had closed where they were, they, they stopped doing tours. And it was like, it was like dusk, like sundown, probably about 6 p.m. And I'm riding up into the hills and I turn the corner and there's a mountain lion. Probably like Fuck. 30 feet in front of me. And I immediately got the one of the ranchers there had told me this crusty old Mexican guy. He's like, if you ever see a mountain lion, you jump off your horse. And I was like, you got to be fucking shitting me. I'm not going to jump <laughs> off a 1100 pound muscular animal when I see another predator. He's like, no, no, it will trick them. They will see you as one beast and then you will become two and it will confuse it. Nice. That's a believable story. So I go, Mind fuck it. what else am I going to do? I remember getting this advice. So I go, I grab, I had a knife in my boot. Yeah. I go, I reach down, I pull up my jeans, like all scrump, scrumple them up all quick and panicky, grab this knife and I jump off the horse. I go, yeah. and the fucking mountain lion turned around slowly That's and walked up. away. Oh my like, yeah. You, you defeated him. I am so manly. You did. You should have made a fire right there as well. I was so oh manly in that God. moment, but I wasn't that manly because I was scared shitless. Mm-hmm. Fear boner? 
<laughs> definitely, I don't believe in that. Not not I fear not fear boner, but definitely fear like horniness. Because I got so so much adrenaline going through me that I got off and I was like, Wait, you got horny about it? Yeah. God, you're weird. Yeah. Because you scared a mountain lion off, you immediately thought about your Johnson. No, I didn't think about fucking in that moment, but I got so you much adrenaline. You just thought everybody should have sex with you because yes. you can defeat yeah, a mountain I, lion? I felt manly. All right. Mm -hmm. I felt manly and I was like, I need to, I need to like spread my somebody. seed. Spread my seed right now. <laughs> but that, <laughs> but that uh, was just a horse there. That was divorced yeah. and had no spread seed. Did I tell you that I read your book and then a, a part of it started to bum me out? The whole book bums people out. <laughs> yeah. No, but I figured it wouldn't bum me out because I'm a misogynistic dickhead, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. What was the part? And we can talk it out. What yeah. part was it? I don't know. It started because, well, man, I think it was something about you and a friend fucking somebody. Was it my homeboy that fucked somebody for, like, Took her toaster it was or mean, something. Yeah, it's yeah. like a mean thing to a lady. It was a, all right. So yeah, we were, we were very. Um, it was the, it was predatory on both sides. Like women and men were both very predatory on like who could get who. It was really fucked up. And um, my homeboy, he's he fucked this one fat white girl named Bethany for some money, and like we. We ended up in like, like this is it. This is like this nineteen nineties fucking Rust Belt post industrial. All the all the factories are gone. You know, like that city, mm -hmm. the bleakest street in the world, and like standing in in the doorway of the bleakest house is this fat fucking white girl <laughs> named Bethany, <laughs> and fucking Jinx goes in there. He's gonna. And he's Jinx guy has a girl, but Jinx Jinx is gonna go in there, and he's supposed to fuck this girl and get some fucking money, cause that's what we do. So I'm like, all right, I got you. I'm I'll I'll keep the little cousin straight. So like, I'm chopping up with the little cousin. I I talk her into giving me a fucking blowjob. She can't <laughs> suck my dick in her room this because because Jinx is fucking Bethany That's in right. that room. And, like, he just won't stop either. It's like, hurry up and fucking finish. Like, the, <laughs> like the, whole, e, the whole E-40 CD played. Oh, and no. I know. So, like, like, I'm getting some head. And, like, she was pretty good at it. And, and it was, like, fucking motorcycle mom's room. You, like, bandanas tied on the bed. On, on the bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking the most faded cheetah print shit ever like the most faded <laughs> rundown fucking pilly cheetah and she's fucking <laughs> she's sucking me off and she just busts all over me so I'm like ah oh, this is bullshit so I take the cheetah and I'm wiping my fucking I'm like just wiping cum all on the mom's cheetah shit just oh. just grimy so we get fucking done and and Jinx is like he he talks kind of out his nose. He's like, "So what's up, man? What's up? What's up with that dough? You got that money we was talking about?" And she was like, "Oh, Jinx, I'm sorry. I had to pay the light bill. We had to pay the light bill. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you next week." He was like, "It's my it's my mama's birthday this week. <laughs> what what am I supposed to tell my mama?" And and uh, so <laughs> she's over here copping, please. And then he's like, "Hold up!" And he's like looking all around the whole fucking spot and. This ain't even Bethany's house. It's the girl who sucked my dick's house, the, the niece, uh, her cousin. So 
he he looks over and on the <laughs> counter is the most fucking beat up, busted fingerprints all over it, dented toaster in the fucking world. And he like walks up on the toaster and he grabs that bitch. He's like, "That's my toaster." And she's like, "You can't take my toaster." Like the little girl starts crying. This, oh. I'm like, and I'm like, come on, bro, man. Like, leave the toaster, man. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll get him next time. He's like, nah, <laughs> fuck that. I'm taking this toaster. And then you couldn't stop him from taking the, to well, the toaster. Fist fight him because over a toaster, over a fucking yeah. toaster. I was just like, I'm looking at the girl. Like, I'm sorry about your toaster. And Bethany's she, like, she looked like she was okay with you. Oh, she was mad at she was like, fuck you to me. Right. And she was like, fuck you to him. And Bethany's like, well, we'll get you a new toaster on Friday. That's when I get my paycheck. Uh, oh man. And uh, yeah. And you know what? When we, you started the story with where you were and how it's like one person's trying to get over the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That does soften the it already softened the blow immediately when you said that. Cause I just took it as you know what I mean, where where I was when I was young. Wasn't it wasn't anywhere near as tough as that? Like if, if I took advantage of a, a girl, she was probably more than likely pretty innocent. Yeah, you know what I mean, it was just like I think you're hot, and I was like, yeah, say it. Well, that's, that's crazy. That, and look, man, like I don't think Bethany was cut like that, but like there, there were there were. You think Bethany got over it? Over having the toaster took? Yeah, or over just like a dude being so angry that she didn't have the money and he took a toaster. That the thing about Bethany was like half the crew had already ran through Bethany. Oh, so like poor and, Bethany. Hopefully Bethany. She got a lot of therapy. black dick, a, dude. She was fucking. Okay. Remember, yeah. if you're doing gangbangs with people, yards of dick, and they <laughs> take the toaster, yards. You go. You got to talk. You got to talk it out. That one's not gonna just. And I was, fade away. And, and I wouldn't let, I was like, bro, for real, man. Like, I was like, I, 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 I said something in front of him, but I wasn't gonna, like, he, I, I came with him, so I'm not gonna get in a big fight about the fucking toaster. But like, I'm like, we hopping in the Chevy. I'm like, bro, for real, man, a, a toaster, bro. Like, you fucked her for a toaster. What did he, did he use a toaster or did he try and sell it? You no, know, he gave it to his mom. He's like, nah, I'm giving it to my mama. Did she want it? She, Damn. she, I don't, I don't think she woke up in the morning and was like, fuck, I need a toaster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. I feel like everybody has a toaster. Like, and if you get given a secondhand shitty toaster, I mean, what are the odds that you don't already uh, own a secondhand shitty toaster? Bro, you, and you know the fucking little lever. The lever was diagonal It wasn't even a good one. Oh, oh. Did, he at least, did he at least, like, shine it up? I don't know if he buffed it before he gave it to her. And then the worst part was we had to go to, we had to go. go the crumbs out. We literally had to go pick up a corned beef sandwich for his real girl. Like he had, he had a girl too. So like we had to go pick up a corned beef. Is that sandwich. code for something? No, corned beef sandwiches are popular in Michigan. In the like, it's like a wait. See, so he had to get her a corned beef sandwich. Yeah, we after after he fucked her for the toaster, we went and got corned beef at Sonic. Wait, Sonic has corned beef sandwiches. <laughs> Sonic Sonic Coney Island on Perry Street does. Does Sonic have corned beef sandwiches everywhere? Perry and MLK. Do they have corned beef sandwiches everywhere? Sonic. In no, Sonic? Well, not the not the one where they got the two guys eating tater tots. Yeah, oh, this is guys. a different. This is uh. this is this was like pre them. It was just like Sonic Coney Island. You get it like. It doesn't exist Coney anymore. Dog. I don't think so. Uh. Uh, the, the 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 city's pretty. Desolate. I would like a corned beef sandwich right now. Bro, that shit was fire. That sound good. I know. I know.
I was told to stop being so gay. It's really annoying me. <laughs> and you, you need to, you know what I mean, get back to your old ways where you talk about fucking some hot titties. That's what I sense from social media. It's not like you don't talk about that, though. You, you talk plenty about hot titties. Yes, but I should never, never bring up gay stuff. Speaking of hot it's titties. uncomfortable. Speaking of hot titties. So I sent you these gifts of my wife. Oh, those are nice. Yeah. So good. So nice. I've and, jerked off to it. And Did you really? <laughs> my wife, so I was like, I was unsure how my wife was going to feel about it. You sent them to me without asking. Right. right. Yeah. So I told, well, actually, I didn't tell my wife. What happened was that Jason commented oh, no. on something. I ratted you out? Not really. No, no, no. It was fine. She, instead of, I, I suspected she might be upset, like I was sharing stuff that I shouldn't be. Yeah. Turns out she was like, yeah, that's right. <gasps> oh, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. Jason likes my tits. Hell yeah. It was yeah. a close call. Yeah. I, she, I commented, I think it was your shaving your head, and she said, how hot we are as a couple or something. And I was like, we're hot. After the photos I saw that Mike gave me the other day, you're <laughs> oh, the God. fucking hot one. And I thought, there's no way she wouldn't know that Mike sent me photos of her breasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Not, I don't talk much. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least these were like public consumption right, breasts. Right. You know? I, I want to make it very clear. Yeah. It wasn't as if I took private pictures of my wife and then sent them to Jason. It was cool if he did though. It was, was from a movie. It was from a movie where my wife's topless, a major mm-hmm. motion picture. Yeah. You know. So what about if you make another movie at home where she's topless mm-hmm. and you, it doesn't go to it doesn't it goes straight to DVD as in Jason's inbox? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a weird thing though. Like and action. You know what I mean? I realize pull it down and- that it's very cool to have people want your significant other like there's yeah. there's <laughs> oh okay yeah i mean how could you not look at her because i think at a certain age you there's jealousy and and problems with it and then now you get to an age where it's like no 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 this is very very good you want your significant other to be desired if not then you know maybe you'd have problems desiring her or him yourself yeah i can't imagine that yeah, I, I can't see the downside at this point for people, like, thinking you're hot, you know? That it's, doesn't happen too often, does it? Sure it does. Does it? Yeah. I always feel like I'm pretty terrifying these days. It's always <laughs> weird when a girl says, I think you're really hot. I'm like, is there somebody else behind me making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a look, man. Yeah. Chicks, oh, yeah, I agree to that. Chicks dig a look, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And you're a handsome guy. It's oh, not yeah. like you are you just have a look and you're a creep, you know? Yeah. It's getting wretchy though, but I get it. I, I'm I'm more worried about, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be fifty in three years. Maybe, maybe nobody wants to touch a fifty-year-old that's somewhat attractive. I mean, I might be out of the girls might not even like me anymore. I I disagree. I think chicks have there. You have a lot more longevity as a straight man than than uh, than a straight woman. Maybe if Jay-Z brings out another song about how cool it is to be almost 50 or something like that, (laughs) that might help us. Might be the hardest night of your life. That's funny because that's the exact same thing. I didn't want to, I talked about it on the radio once and I said, that will do it. If anybody wants to know, you can go on the app and check it out. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if anybody DM me, I would say, go to the app and listen to it. Just know that it's hard work. It's hard work. I, I didn't, I never 
have ever told anybody that it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever done in your life. I'll tell people that I really know, like him or Sluggo, people that I know, mm -hmm. like you knew when you talked to me, I was like, Sluggo, you should do it. You mm -hmm. should do it with me. We should go somewhere and we should do it because you got, you're you know, the same age as me and there's some shit in there that you have to unlock. You'd feel better about your life if you unlocked it because <laughs> you and I both have shit that's locked deep in there because we don't want to know about it because we can't handle it. But in this world, on this stuff, we can work through it. It's like a, it's like a place where you go, oh, man, that, if, if you gave me that just on the street, I would not want to know me. But right. in that, when you give it to me, I'm like, all right, well, there's no way out. You, are work, you have to work through it. I don't remember ever thinking, well, this is too much. I want to get out. No, like, you're I was just like, there. You can't. It tells you there's no, that's not, it's not an, an option. option. <laughs> yeah, it's not an option. Which is why she doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I do and I, I don't and I do because I know it'll benefit me so much, but I have so much anxiety <laughs> about, you know, losing control of things. Like I You have to completely PTSD. let go of control. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's the, that's the thing. You're grasping for control mm -hmm. is actually what's going to create the suffering. When you actually yeah. fully surrender to mm -hmm. the thing, like that's when the real magic starts to happen. Yeah. And that's when all the scary stuff can transform into stuff that's of benefit. Do you think all your experience with psychedelics and especially um, the experiences where you're confronting death, did it help prepare you or did it not in any way compare to the experience of going through your accident, which was kind of like that real experience, really having to confront those? I actually think, yeah. I mean, I think all the hard stuff that I've done actually helped me with my accident a lot. Yeah. I, when I, t I joke about it, so in, for those of you who don't know, in 2018, I got into a gnarly car accident. He used to be ugly as fuck. <laughs> Inexplicably, <laughs> I passed out in my car. I never passed out. I've never fainted. I've never even gone unconscious in sparring or anything. Like, I've never gone unconscious. And I just passed out in the middle of the day. Didn't party the night before. There's no good reason for this. Middle of the day, accelerated into a guardrail. The guardrail came through the car, split my face open, almost slashed my neck, woke up in the hospital. The most <laughs> random thing ever. So scary. But, like, I knew I had this real sense that, all right, well, this happened for me, not to me. I just don't know why yet. I'm going to find that out. I'm going to find out what the, what the benefit that I can harness from this. But it was never actually that hard. Because, and so I joke about it. I go, yeah, when I talk about, you know, last year, let me tell you about the sixth hardest thing that happened to me. That's when I almost died in a car wreck. Right. Like, that doesn't even rank. That yeah, that Australian that dude's dick was way worse than the car wreck, he right? Was, he was one, two, and three. I and know, that right? Chilean dude <laughs> that was so crazy, Actually, right? maybe number two. Maybe he was like death, one, and then man, the Chilean dude. Or another and dude's then... dick. And another dude's dick destroys death. That's <laughs> yes. how fucking insecure dudes are. That's how bad we are as a civilization. You like, guys are so hard to deal with. Just fucking shit. <laughs> bullets whizzing by my face. Way rather that than some yeah. other dude's dick whizzing by dick my face. Dick surmounts face. death. Oh my God! Well, it was so that year was the that year was the double challenge of Whitney finding a more physically dominant sexual partner, and then that was the first part. That was like the start of the year, yeah. and then the second part was finding someone who she opened her heart to as much as me. Oh, you know. So it was like the, it was first it was the dick, and then it was the heart, and then mm -hmm. in between, and then and then death was somewhere on the second <laughs> hand. Wow. I was like, oh yeah, and I almost died, but whatever. Yeah. You know, like that Fuck. was the easy part. You did get better looking though. Hey, thanks, fucking pretty boy, pussy. <laughs> but Jay, you you talked about it, Katie. How Jason has a really hard time taking a compliment, especially about his looks. He does, and it seems like you kind of you, you turned a little bit of a page. I definitely yeah, did. You that. did. You're I still feel to a little bit yourself. awkward about it, but I definitely think that I'm hot. 
<laughs> it's a good feeling, I wasn't right? sure about that. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're 47, mm-hmm. you know, because you have good days and bad days. And sure, I don't think it's like a model hot. It's, that's, that's why I always thought people were like, oh, you're really this or really that. And I'm like, man, you don't need to do that to me. I had a great run when I was younger, <laughs> but let's be fucking serious. I'm falling apart over here because I think I was pretty good looking when I was a kid. I, don't, I didn't overanalyze that. I think you're better looking now. My wife agrees. Yeah, I That's think so crazy. too. Well, it's, okay. It's a manly Thank you. hot. It's a See? manly hot. And that's the thing. That's the thing about that's the thing about being a guy. We're lucky in that way. And that you're like you said, it's not a model hot, but men, especially with there's a difference. There's a, a clear difference between <laughs> being attractive and being sexy when you're a guy. Yeah. Okay. And that's what it is. Yeah. I'm not attractive. I'm sexy. That's. Uh, I'm not saying you're not attractive, you're- but. <laughs> You're okay. both. There's a yeah. There's a Venn diagram it's more where of a they sex thing. It's like you, Katie. We're very similar. Like mm-hmm. you have a thing where I can tell everybody that sees you is like, oh my god, I wonder what that's like. Mm-hmm. They yeah, can't Katie, help thinking that Katie's genuinely attractive too. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, but you but you have a sex appeal way more than most women that I see. Like yeah. it's very obvious. And then and then when people say that you and I are really alike, I never got mm-hmm. the that one because because you always don't felt love that, yourself. Yes, that yes. <laughs> But these girls legitimately said that I had pretty eyes and shit. They wouldn't stop saying it. You got to own it, man. I started to believe them, and they were fucking hot. Oh, my God. Everyone there was incredibly attractive. Yeah. And they were younger, way younger, and they thought I was hot. And that's that's why I find it strange that that's the place where you totally got comfortable. Because I would think that when you're surrounded by nothing but incredibly fit, incredibly hot people, that's the place where I would become most self-conscious. You know, but it was a weird weekend because I just I don't remember. I was a I just expected everybody that was coming on the ship to be a thousand times fitter than me because mm-hmm. it's on it people. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of people that weren't as fit as me. And then the girls started saying shit about my speedo, about filling up my speedo. <laughs> and then Kingsbury, I heard Kingsbury. Well, because these girls woke me up because I had a nap and they went to a restaurant. They came back and woke me up with all of them putting their butts on my face. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so I woke up to that. And then I had no clothes on and they were like, ooh, what's under here? And they started, you know, grabbing on it and stuff. And so when I got up, Kyle saw it. And then I heard Kyle go across to his room and go, you got to check out Jason's hog. It's, <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> and they were talking around the fire that night. He's like, fucking Ellis, man, with the fucking starts doing this shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, calm down. But it was a weird, because I got fluffed before somebody saw it, too. Yeah, but you still got, you got big dick energy. That's what your guy said. Yeah, it's the way. Who had also, he kept trying to fucking, you know, he was like, big dick energy. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I guess so. But look, it is. It's the way you carry yourself, you know? You could be incredibly attractive, but if you're like a wienery personality, you're going to, you're just going to kind of diminish yourself. What internally, though, even though you were living your life as a female for for many years, yeah. internally, when did you know that you had to make the transition? I, I would say around 28 when basically I got sober and I started to have, you know, I always knew I was a guy. I mean, that's just like most transsexual people will tell you that. I what age was, was that, though? I, I, th- I think since the beginning of time, since I was born, I always felt like a guy. I was okay. raised like a little boy. My parents were super cool, you know, tomboy kind of thing, all of mm-hmm. the same thing. wasn't until puberty I started getting boobs at 16 and getting my period. And that's when I, like, literally became a woman. 
And it was terrorized. I mean, imagine you guys if that happened to you. It's terrorizing. Yeah, so when you became, when you started, when you got your period and you got boobs and stuff, yeah. were you, did you think at that point that you were a gay girl? Right. That's what the psychiatrist. I had to start going to psychiatry. And okay. I was cutting well, myself. Your parents, oh, your yeah. parents put you in though. Yeah, they because I was to get you to suicidal. Out yeah. Because you were suicidal because of the th thoughts in your mind and exactly. not, not, not hearing anybody else with the same life you're like i'm yep. alone in this yep totally i'm batshit crazy I'm, I'm a girl that thinks i'm a guy yeah they put me in a psychiatric ward they totally remember i'm 56 so this happened right. like in the 70s and 80s and so nobody knew about transsexuals back then at all right. no one talked about worst it worst of all you didn't know anybody that psychiatrist was like you're a lesbian i'm like no i'm a man <laughs> what are you talking right. about and he's, and he's a legitimate qualified legitimate. guy who's like no you're that's not a thing yep put me and on antidepressants put me in the psychiatric ward just totally trying to fix me so you did a lot of drugs and, and alcohol and then you got sober and that was when you realized that there was a like i think you you started so, fixing yourself yes and you were like wait a minute there's this one piece i know that if i do this yes. this will really fix me and there was no place for me to go because even my psychiatrist, my therapist at the time was like, well, how do we do this? There was nobody that was doing men, who women becoming men. Was Only the, men becoming women. Okay, so when you first heard of a, a, a man becoming a woman, uh -huh. you were like, can they do that to me? Can they? Is, exactly. Is, but you had never heard of anybody. Never. There had was no doctor. Had you heard of a person before you had the procedure? Only a man becoming a woman, but not a woman becoming a man. You're the first one to do it. In Los Angeles. You didn't Angeles. have anyone to bump it off before nope. you did the procedure. Nope. In wow. Los Angeles, I had to find a, a doctor. So I had to go looking for a hormone doctor. And I went to one that was only working with transsexual women. Right. So men becoming women. And I went so to see him. So he'd never done Nope. He called either. me as wow. guinea pig. Oh, Holy yeah. He said, you're a guinea pig. I'm like, uh. <laughs> what? Basically, I'm an experiment. I'm an experiment. You're a trailblazer. I'm an experiment. <laughs> trailblazer sounds better. I don't know about that. But I'm a walking fucking experiment. So totally. that. So they just, you got the procedure and it was, hey, yep. everybody, immediate success, one time, that's it, or? So so he did it. He monitored me. He was amazing. He he taught me how to shoot, uh, inject testosterone. Okay. He taught me, he says, you're going to have to do this for the rest of your life because I don't have what you guys were talking about, balls. Yeah. So I don't produce testosterone. I have to shoot myself every, for the rest of my life, inject testosterone. So do then I. Then I had to, Exactly. So, so the same thing. So then I had to get my breast removed. There was no doctor who would do that. I went to 10 doctors. They said, that's mutilation. Oh. I said, no, I want to be a man. And so finally I found one from UCLA. And he said, I will try this new surgery I just brought from Belgium. I've never done it before. And then again, he didn't say guinea pig, but he basically was like, yeah. they're an experiment. Yeah. And I did it. And he, did you have big boobs? No, I had very small boobs. But like he turned them into pecs though, right? Yeah, so then he just, he did not He did what's called um, keyhole. So he went right underneath the areola, yep. right? And just pull, opened it up and pulled all the tissue out, closed it up, snipped my nipples off. Ooh. Ow! To make them look more masculine. So he masculinized my, all of this is natural just from- You have out. nipples though. Yeah, I have nipples, but he just cut them. Right? Because, you know, men nipples are different than women nipples. Yeah. These are things area. that you wouldn't necessarily Girls notice, big area, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Until you're, like, trying to masculinize your body. Right. Yeah. With the, and Make then I just worked dimes. out like mad, yeah. So then you're the first person to do that. So then you would be, um, so what, what I wanted to get into, uh, since I've talked about myself being uh, bisexual, the people that have reached out to me that, were, that are hiding, and yeah. it's not in the 70s, it's now, Yeah, and they're hiding. Yeah. But all the people that I've helped just in this little frame of time that are that have felt better about coming out, 
but you, I didn't have a surgery. I didn't have to do really anything. I still can hide behind my wife whenever I want to. No, you, no. You, you I have got, to tell you what you did is huge because first off, being bisexual is looked at as a very bad thing in the LGBT community. You know that. Yeah. Like, we're cons I'm bisexual too. So we're considered these like uh, like kind of freaky weirdos yeah, that we can't make up so our minds. It's to be called freaky yep, from the totally, gay community. Totally. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody thought you were. You're not... Yep. You can't understand what it's like out of all people. Yep. It's horrible. I, it I, is. I mean, I, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. It's probably, they perceive it as like a lack of commitment. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's wishy-washy. Oh, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? They do. They it's do. It's just weird, I think, how you want to tie gender identity and sexuality as being the same thing when they're not they're at not. all. Because they're you not. could be a, a trans woman and yes. still be attracted to men or attracted to women yes. or both. Like. Just like I, you know, I've always said I'm pansexual because I'm just attracted to who I'm attracted to. Right. And that's a gray area. Hard to categorize. It's confusing. I think just people don't like that in general. But that's what they did to me. They went to my sexuality when I was a child. They kept saying, you're a lesbian. And they did right. not see me as a man. They were right. confusing the two. Because right. back in the day, remember when you were a masculine woman, they thought of you as a lesbian. Or if you were a feminine man, they thought of you as a gay man. But today... If you're a, a masculine woman, they actually say you're trans. Or if you're a, a feminine man, they actually say... So that sort of agenda on some level has changed. We are not talking about homosexuality. We're talking more about transgender, which kind of in, is interesting to me because I think sexuality is still something people don't want to talk about. That's what happened no, to you. Yeah. It's definitely the case. Yep. We got a guest. Yeah. <laughs> hey. We've got a great guest, David Arquette. This is the highest level of guests we've, that we've had. It, we should really, really celebrate this. I agree. This is probably going to be shit after this. <laughs> Who's going to be bigger than David Arquette that nobody. comes on this? Fucking nobody. nobody well, we could just make it a, such a horrible interview that we hit a new load as well. I like this guy. He's got, <laughs> ang he's got angles. Always I like thinking. It. Is there a way you could dress up like three different people while we do this so it's like I interview a bunch of different Arquettes? <laughs> By the way, I could have... Easily brought wardrobe changes. That's my that's my wheelhouse. You like to change into clothes and stuff, different stuff. Uh, I just collect costumes and all kinds of crazy stuff. Is that the clown thing? Why why do you paint I love clowns? clowns? Yeah. What's up with that? No, because I, I follow you and I and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to notice a wave of clown. He's painting, but he only fucking paints clowns. What's so? What's I love Bozo the clown as a kid. Did I you meet him up. or something? No, I never met him. Uh, well, yeah, I did actually meet the real bozo, Larry Harmon. I've been trying to get his rights for like 15 years. Rights? So 20 why? years almost. To probably. do what? Make a movie? To just relaunch the brand of bozo. Mm -hmm. I love bozo. And as a kid, I grew up just loving it. And I think there's too many scary clowns, to be honest with you. I was going like, to say. Scary clowns have taken over all the, and there's more good clowns than bad clowns. And. You know, I think the good clowns have to step up now. So you well, do feel enough like, with the freaky clowns. It's like cops. Yeah. You know, only the bad like ones get the press. You know, <laughs> all the good cops need to step up. And <laughs> good, good clown like, nationalism. <laughs> are you, <laughs> like, are really you hardcore scared of clowns or are they into clowns? Because you show the bright side of clowns, unlike everybody else in America. Yeah, I think they like clowns, yeah. But are they aware of the it clown and yeah. all those other guys? I, th I think like, it's it's so out there that it has to like. Are they like? Are they like, Dad? What's wrong with this clown? Why is it so angry? Yeah, they're not Slipknot. I'm familiar with only delightful clowns. <laughs> that are questioned. I know, but listen, that falls into my whole thing about everything. I think they should make a video game like Grand Theft Auto, 
but you just go have fun and do cool things and are nice. You know, why is it all, why is everything like dark and destructive? When you talk about nice things yeah. in this in this clown Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> can I like get a pizza and maybe a blowjob? Or is blowjob? I know blowjob's What about little... if I say, hey, lady, you know what I mean? Like, do you like me? She's like, no, then I cannot get a blowjob. But if she's like, yeah, I think you're pretty cute. I'm I like, think they've been hugged. This and a is the kind of game you get hugged. You don't pull your dick out. <laughs> no, no, Texas is it, doesn't, it doesn't make any, I mean, you're saying why can't everything that's be great. great? I mean, we could maybe make a grown-up version, but that's oh, a whole okay. different oh, story. Okay. I didn't even realize. I'm sure they'll be soon, like, you've got something on your cock and you've got things on your eyes and hands. And you're it's like, the, the doing whatever the, the fuck you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's yeah, coming. I guess we do that have probably that. is gonna happen. Yeah, right? there's VR porn and <laughs> oh, machines gosh. you can hook up with the video. Yeah, we're we're on track for that. Yeah, didn't Lee Raven do that? She actually had it on and said it was pretty real. Yeah. An actual porn star had the yeah. virtual stuff on. And yeah, and then you can have sex with your favorite porn star or whatever. <laughs> but that's yeah. a different your game hand. as well. <laughs> this is more family friendly. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what is I'm good? moving into the family friendly portion of my life. You're always kind of. You know that you would be in so much shit for that. And it's similar to, I have an open relationship with Katie, and if, but I have to ask if I can sleep with that person. Sure. But I recently, because I do this. Uh -huh. and this He's is a really poor communicator. Terrible. Athlete. Jason? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, oh man. <laughs> I went to Cheetahs and it's transgender and uh Girl. It was like an inclusive strip club night. Sure. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, and she was like, I don't want to go. I'm like, I'm kind of tired. But sorry, sorry to interrupt. Cheetahs, is it always that way or is nah, there a specific nah, night? Cheetahs no. okay. is where Malice works. Okay. Yeah, okay it was like cool. a special night. Okay. Yeah. So it's only like once a, a every month or a couple months or something mm -hmm. like that. So I, I miss, I usually miss it, but I was like, I'm going to fucking go to this thing because there's a couple of girls that I like that transgender girls that I have, that I have talked to on social media, but I haven't met. And they're like, you should come down. I'm like, all right, I will. I'm not going to lie. Like, come down because I'm going to, I'm trying to get somewhere sure. with these people. I'm attracted to them. And I, and and then I said to her, um, I, I think I, I did the intermittent fasting thing and I was kind of burnt out. And I was like, I'm still going to go. I don't know how long I'm going to go, but I feel pretty tired, but I'm going. I've got to go. I got to go. And she's like, all right, go have he fun. He left really early. It was like 930 <laughs> or something. I'm like, you're going to yeah, be the I, first one. There. He's like, I'm going to go early and then I'm going to come home early. Yep. What? I got to get up in the morning. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> uh, go on. <laughs> so I go there and I, you know, I get there early. Obviously not that many people and I'm by myself at some fucking table in the corner and uh, there's not that much happening. And uh, then, I don't know, maybe an hour kicks in and some friends that I know and some, I'm looking from afar, watching everybody do stuff. And then the um, I talked to Malice and she was kind of into it for a second. I'm like, what the fuck? And then this chick with the elf ears that I came to see sure. is, hey, and she's all over me. And, and I don't know how it happened, but just... You know what I mean? Hours went on and all of a sudden I got a table full of girls and Kelly and everybody's, I got Malice and Kelly and, and nice. the elf ear girl. You know, everybody's <laughs> hanging out. I like this. And I didn't even, and then all this, she's like, I got one more dance and then we should go uh, to my friend's house. There's a party, after party. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. 
And then I drive her to the after party and we're waiting out front. And she goes, oh, man, the after party's canceled. Uh, we should just go to my friend's house. And I so was like. What time is it now at this point? It's past two. Ooh, good times. Okay. Yeah. Because it closed. She closed. They waited for the club uh -huh. to close for her to dance to leave. Home okay. real early. So. No text man. message. Okay. No I call. Text, I texted her at. I think like 10 and said this place is really boring and lame and uh -huh. nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. And she didn't respond. Yeah, I was So asleep. I'm like, okay, she's asleep. <laughs> okay. So if you're asleep, why the fuck would I text you again fair at enough. fucking three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to fuck Elf ears. Not fair enough. That's all I, I don't need to lie. I'm fucking terrible at it. I, I mean, I'm admitting that I'm wrong here, but I thought, you know, this is what, no shit. This is what I'm doing. If I'm not there, I'm either in jail or I'm banging the Elfier chick. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm definitely, when I wake up, I'm going to be like, I got to bang the Elfier chick. I'm not going to. Sure. Oh, no, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. But it was, the drive was super far. And I'm like, it just starts to dawn on me. I'm like, wait, where the fuck am I going? And by the time I got to this house, I was like, I, I don't know exactly where I am, but I know the valley. I know that we went past the, you know what I mean? Far. Right. So I'm like, okay, go to this house. And then, you know, the Elfia's got her friend or whatever. And this is two transgender chicks, which is, you know, that's why I went for this thing to happen, you know? Sure. And my penis made me stay up until super late for that to happen. And then, I mean, I did I? Did you what? I fisted somebody. Oh my God, Jason! Never done that. <laughs> I never want to do that. <laughs> well, I, I never, I didn't know, but I, uh -huh. but I do now that I did do want to. I said, "Have you seen my hand?" And she was like, "Yeah, do it." And I'm like. I don't even know how to. I'm not even a person that's familiar with this thing sure. that you do. So you gaped this person, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that's this is a butthole, obviously. Yeah, because I did. I, I couldn't get these the outside fingers in, so I was like that. And then she was like, "No," and like put my hand, all the fingers in. I'm like, I don't even. I just Amateur. went okay, and just pushed, and it went in. And I'm like, and she's like, "Yeah, oh," yeah. and I'm like. And while I'm banging the elf chick, I'm it just kept going and going. And I'm like, man, my hand is in. And it, I right. didn't know what to do with this part. Like I didn't, I'm like, I don't you know can't what do, to do with my hand. I didn't want a Jackie Chan, so I was more like a <laughs> some sort of like soft crouching fist. tiger soft fist oh thing. Oh my god. And it was and harder. I'm like, what? So then you finally just make a fist? No, and I did not make a fist. It like was, heavy bag workout? I, no, it was more like um like a parry hand. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so that, you know, it's a long time. Then I'm like, okay, th thank you. I gotta go. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh my god, dude. What a mission. And I drive and I get lost on these freeways oh, at yeah. fucking three in the morning because I don't know where I am. And I, it's like, and I'm, and I'm like, it's late and I'm trying to look at the map 
trying to look where I'm going. It's like windy little freeway. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I missed that one. And then I finally like get back to the house at like four or five or something. And I just went to sleep on the cab. Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here, reminding you that we have sponsors and are you groaning right now? Are you sad <laughs> about it? We're hungry. But uh, in case you didn't know, we're sponsored by, by Outlaw Energy. And Outlaw Energy is a new energy drink that is actually kind of good for you. It's, it's got yerba made in it, so you know it's good. It's yerba all mate natural. for those of you who aren't from Australia, but Jason's right. Katie, what does it have in it? It's all natural caffeine blend of coffee fruit, yerba mate, ginseng, and guarana. I might be slaughtering that, but that, that's as well as I can pronounce it. They also use pure cane sugar in their sugary drinks, but they have sugar-free too, which I personally really enjoy. And they add electrolytes in them to keep you hydrated. One can is 200 milligrams of caffeine, which is like two cups of coffee. And I really appreciate that, as Katie pointed out, the sugar-free is not like a lot of other energy drinks that are sugar-free, but they also have like 10, maybe 20 calories of some other weird artificial sweetener in it. This is legitimate, zero-calorie, sugar-free, ready for you to drink if you're not into the sugar, which is quite moderate, by the way. In the regular Outlaw Energy drink, it's only like 45 calories per serving, plus electrolytes on a hot day, on a uh, uh, before a big, grueling workout, before, before, you got a a show. before you got a long day at work. It gives you everything you need, the caffeine for the nice jolt, the nice pick-me-up, the electrolytes to keep you hydrated, and... They all taste great. Am I am I shitting you? Super and, tasty. And they are the number one sponsor of Alice Mania 19. And the reason that it's going to be so awesome is because they're helping us try to make Alice fam have the best time possible. So I am very appreciative of them existing in my life. It's a great company. We're really, 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 really happy that they sponsor not only Ellis Mania, but the High and Dry podcast. Yeah. Um, they, they make our life great, and they should be making your life great as well. Because, look, it's a saturated market. We know. We're not, we're not blind to this. There's a lot of energy drinks out there. I'm a big fan, and I really sincerely believe that if you choose Outlaw Energy, you are going to make the right choice. It is the best product on the market, if in you my wanna, If you want to know where to go, I just realized, it might, if you don't have it in the store, just go to their website, and then you can order it from them. It'd be way cheaper, and they'll send it straight to your house. You got a code? Uh, yeah, the code is Alice Mate. Alice Mate is the code, I think. And uh, oh, they... the website, it's the only place that you'll be able to buy Alice Mania 19 tickets. So you might want to check that website out anyway. There you go. There it is. A lot of energy. Yeah, they don't think they're sick and they don't have any, they're not making any efforts. Because as a person that is very sick, I've had so many issues. I've got, I still have a lot of them, but I'm wrong all the time. I know I'm wrong and I'm trying to fix it. There's a difference between sick and, and struggling. And I don't understand why people don't try to do the same. Right. That, that's what I, that's struggling as opposed to sick, right? What do you, you mean? You have all this stuff, you know you've got your stuff. Yeah. You're working with it. Yeah. That's not sick. That's not sick. That's okay. stuff. That's struggling. The people that are, in it or ill with it. You know what I mean? It's affecting their functioning and their how they outward behavior. And right. That's sick. Don't and not think, tending to it or admitting that there's a problem. Uh, that's no it's, insight into it. That's right. Well, don't you think a lot of that, not to make excuses for them, but don't you think a lot of that is being raised in an environment where you weren't forced 
to confront it and help it. Because I, I look at, you know, I live in Venice with this insane homelessness. Oh my problem. God. And when I'm front, confronting these gentlemen, not confronting, when I come face to face with these gentlemen, I so, oftentimes I so see myself in them and I go, the only difference between you and me is that I had a really caring upbringing right. with a network well, of family right. and friends that went, you have a serious drug and alcohol problem. You have mental illness. We need to tend to this. Let's do whatever we can to help I, you. I, I wake up obsessed about this homeless thing every day now because yeah. as, as a doctor, I can't, I can't abide by this. And to your point, these are all sick people with mental illness and right. addiction, all of them, yeah. except for people that are transiently homeless and the average time on the street is three months. If somebody really is just hard on their luck, they find their way off. There's lots of services and you find your way out. They want yeah. to find their way you, out. Yeah. yeah. If you're chronically mentally ill and a drug addict, you're staying on the street and you don't want help. Yeah. And that's the majority of what's out there. And then the criminals, that's the other element that's out there. But I, I just spent the day at, here on Gower going up and down talking to people and in um, Skid Row on Sunday yeah. a couple days ago and really just studying what was going on, talking to people and I, I didn't see, I didn't talk to or see one person that didn't have mental illness or addiction. And they all said the same thing to me, all that. Everybody's on drugs. That's their report. Mm -hmm. And 50%, that was the number they all said, 50% of people will not take any help no matter how aggressively you offer it. That may, Are they happy there? You can speak to it when you're sick. Well, when you're sick with this stuff, you know what I mean? You're on the street, you're using, right. I wouldn't call it content, it's you're, you're it's in just, the disease. It's normalized. Yeah. It's normalized. It's, it, it, you want to keep using, you want to keep doing what you're doing, your brain is telling you it's the right thing to do because it's diseased. Man. And then the city keeps talking about housing. Just shut up about the housing. We have a mental health crisis on our hands here. Yeah. Please help us with that. Let's talk about that. You're saying that a crazy. housing that makes would not do housing anything. is you just put a bunch of crazy drug addicts in a house. Thank they're you. They're just going to shred and, the shit and, out. And, and they're going to leave. And they're, they're going to leave. And they're going to leave. Yeah, like one they or the other. They'll all they'll have no doors on it in a matter of time. Right. And and by the way, that there's conclusive evidence of this being true. This isn't yeah. just theoretical. No, they provide housing, especially in California, and that goes on it. It goes vacant. Yeah. You know for. Forever. We have to we have to do some sort of I I've I was working with the LA Union mission, the rescue mission, and um we just all just thought to we we just need like a FEMA style intervention with sprung tents, triage, national guard, just who and, we got here. And do what? Round everybody up. We got lots of mental health services. Yeah. Give them, triage them, stabilize triage them. Triage them, what's that mean? Sorry. Figure out what's going on. Like, like what's what's the actual mental problem and then like and then, put them and, on and something? Then, and then make a plan for that person. Make a plan how? Like put them on prescription drugs? Maybe to part of it. Or keep them. Know, here's vocational rehab. Here's drug rehab. Here's you're going to need cognitive behavioral therapy. There's different things to be offered in a certain, in different kinds of environment. You know, it's, we just got to do it. That's all. We have to do it. And and people keep going, it's a, it sounds keep, like you're saying there's an argument against that, like the government is saying, no, they don't need that. They need they're, they're focused on housing, I think, because of money, I guess, because they get their palms greased and the developers make money. And okay, kind of like jails. I guess. I guess. But I, I don't know. I, I don't want to think sinister things, but I, I can't conclude can't anything help else. These days, yeah. though, right? Right. I, I, I seriously, I I seriously suspect. Good, yeah. I seriously suspect, and this is just coming from my experience in recovery. Yeah. I seriously suspect that the idea of FEMA intervention with triage, the government, state state level, local level, and nationally are afraid of that because it's way too hard. It's hard. That's it's, right. And it's it would hard, take but it, but way it's, but it's much. Simple. Way it's simple. Much. Here are the four simple steps. Expand the definition of gravely disabled so we can push disabled people. Into, I watched people literally falling apart on the street on Sunday. I mean, they were decaying. And if they said, I don't want help, that's it. 
We can't touch them. So, so we have to expand gravely disabled. We have to expand availability of conservatorships and, and a little more teeth in the conservatorships. We have to modify Prop 47 so we can enforce drug laws a little bit. So motivating drug addicts into treatment. And then we have to do some sort of active intervention of some type. That's it. That's it. Let's uh, hold motivate? on. Jason, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we got to take a real quick break. Motivate, I mean, like put people like, I'm going to put you in prison or you go to treatment. Oh, okay. One yeah. of the two. Yeah. That's Let's take a idea. real quick break. Our guest is the one and only guy. Yeah, it goes like this. Five years for the first offense, 25 for each sub subsequent offense, even if it were, they were in like an hour apart. Now, the law was originally designed where you get five years for each one, and if you go to prison, get out, do it again, then you get 25, 25, 25. But because of our Supreme Court, they, they're allowing prosecutors to bring these charges, so you get five years and 25 for each offense. And I had 105 years total as I was going to trial because yeah. I was saying this the informant's lying— so I took my case to trial, and I lost on half the charges. I had a mandatory 55-year sentence. The judge, who was a staunch conservative George W. Bush appointee, who denied us on everything else through my whole entire trial, actually looked at this and said, this is fucking bullshit. Wow. And he spoke out against it. And he actually, as he was sentenced to me, he said, I have no choice but to give you 55 years, but I call on the president to commute your sentence and Congress to fix this. And he later resigned from the bench to fight for my release. He, you know, he let it, yeah, he, yeah, he's a federal judge appointed by the president to a lifetime position. He walked away from it to help fight for my release. Um, and he was joined by Senator Mike Lee, Senator Cory Booker, um, Alicia Keys was, uh, uh, Bonnie Ray. All these people got together to help get me out. And it took 13 years, but it was successful. Uh -huh. That's unbelievable. And, and I mean, I, I don't want to play the race card, especially today where I think it gets, brought out a little too much and right, it gets it people get aggressive about it mm -hmm. but i have to think that with salt lake city's legendary punk scene they, they've always had a, a mm -hmm. great history of of uh kind of raucous punk rock with a bunch of white people and utah as a whole well known for the development of meth the fact that they kind of zeroed in on you i have to think that it wasn't that you were importing uh, drug use and firearms and stuff is that you were bringing black people to Salt Lake City like that that I think that that kind of really put you rose you above the the fringes when yeah, it came I brought to, Ebola that's basically yeah. what uh, someone said later on that they looked at you like you brought Ebola to Utah yeah and so now now we're talking like what 2003 2004 two, yeah 2001 2002 and then my trial was in 2003 and so you you this 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 judge who sounds like an amazing guy says to you, I have to, I have to give you 55 years, but I'm going to do everything I can on a federal level to help you. What's going through your mind now? I, are you saying like, well, I should be good then. Or are you like, fuck, this is still crazy. I'm yeah. When I, when I heard the 55 years, I knew it was coming, but I, you know, in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, maybe he can find a way out of it. Uh -huh. He was trying, he even reached out to the jury and said, what kind of sentence you think is just, even though, you know, he couldn't change it because it was mandatory. The government said I should get more. My judge sentenced a murderer an hour before me to a maximum of 17 years and my minimum was 55. So he looked at the prosecutor and said, what do you have to say about that? This murderer who, who you heard the family in here crying about their lost mother. You know, this guy killed an old lady and tied her to cinder blocks and threw her in a river. He gets a maximum 17 years. And he said, what about this guy? And the government tried saying, well, you know, this guy didn't, 30 minutes before it happened, he didn't know he was going to kill her. So it wasn't premeditated. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is weed. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, none of it made sense, man. It was just ridiculous. And 
how long do you spend in jail before things start to change? Yeah, so, you know, I went through the regular appeal process, lost everything, um, never had any chance at winning any appeals. Does that mean you have to go somewhere and they tell you no over and over again? Is that what that means? Yep, you get a denied, big old denied stamp. Do you go go to like to, they get you dressed and take you to some room to tell you you're denied? No, um, you know, like appeal, you know, the attorneys handle all that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting in federal prison in Lompoc, USP. Um, and where's that? Uh, in Lompoc, California. Oh, okay. It's a maximum security federal prison. So, you know, I get there and, you know, I'm a cannabis offender and I'm in there with people in there for, you know, serious shit. And Is it a life. bad look to be a cannabis? Like, <clears throat> they're like, wait, you're just in here for some weed? People just didn't believe it. They're like, 55 years, come on, man. You must have did something to somebody. And I'm like, look at my paperwork. Like, people wouldn't believe it. 55 years? Because I'll see someone come in, you know, even though they'll get beat up and transferred for rape. But that person's going to come in, and he came in and left, and I still got, you know, 48 more years to go. A murderer comes in. I see him come in. He leaves. You know, I've only been in, like, 11 years. So it's like, this is getting ridiculous. Only been in 11 years. I mean, that's not a only—that's a long um, time. Yeah, I mean, I know, I, I'm not even, a, like, a, barely a fifth of my sentence. So it's like, <clears throat> I'd say around, you know, once Obama took office, you know, we thought he would do something immediately. He didn't. He waited till his last two years in office. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't actually commute my sentence. There was some, you know, back room negotiations with Senator Mike Lee. Um, and, you know, they finally, you know, secured my release. It took, you know, about 13 years. And that, I, I, I was three, a oh, little over three years ago. I walked out May, May 31st, 2016. And when that came about, were you... Uh, did you have a hard time even believing that this could be true because of all the appeals that got denied? Were you just telling yourself, oh, rolling your eyes like, oh, here we go again. I'm, why even get excited? Yeah, I think it was a, a mixture, you know, because I've had a lot of letdowns. I thought for sure, you know, there was a couple chances or places I came close to, you know, winning something, getting a new trial. Um, so, you know, when it finally came, you know, I was kind of like, it was just long overdue. Like, I had so many people pushing for me. You know, you know, it's not, no one's had as much sort of support as I had. I had U.S. senators, you know, calling on the president to release me. I had Rand Paul, Cory Booker, Mike Lee, Orrin Hatch, um, and all these other people, you know, former federal judges, former prosecutors, um, celebrities, everyone calling for my release. And it still took that much time. But I felt like, you know, once these senators like Mike Lee got involved, he's like a huge, well-respected conservative. I felt like, OK, you know, I'm going to be getting out now. It's it's strange that most of the names you've mentioned besides Cory Booker are, are well known to be quite conservative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, actually, even worse, the Koch brothers actually picked my case up. Wow. Uh, Charles Koch himself, and I've met him a bunch of times since I've been out, but he actually picked up my cause and he started producing documentaries. He started flying my family to see me and just really pushing for my case. So, you know, he's what worth 50 billion. So it was like when he picked up my case, I was just like, damn, <coughs> yeah. like it's getting real. Like, you know, um, I might be getting out any day. How? So overall, it was 11 years you spent in federal No, prison? just under 13. 13 short of 13, years. Yeah. <clears throat> How do you manage that? psychologically and emotionally knowing I mean that I haven't still haven't processed it I mean yeah. you have this big gap in your life you know I went in at like 23 24 and you get out in the late 30s so it's like I'm have that whole gap in my life just missing my kids were this big you know when I went in and now they're bigger <laughs> than me with with hair on their face <laughs> and wait you didn't get to see him I saw my sons maybe like three times the whole time because you know they I, they lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I was the you know the breadwinner of the family. I brought home the money when I left. They had to live off the state; like their whole lives were turned upside down. 
Wait, they didn't ha- they didn't live with their mom? Yeah, but they, you know, I I was supporting them. You know what I mean? When I uh, went oh, in, okay, so and they, they just... took all my assets. So it's like we spent so much money fighting my case, hundreds of thousands of dollars. The feds took all my legal stuff, my cars, my cash. You know, everything I owned that was legal from the music business. You know, I just dropped an album with Snoop, so I'm getting checks coming in. They took everything they could because they didn't want me to fight the case. You know, right. have resources to fight the case. Right. And even when they seize it and you may get it back later, you can't use it right then for the for the. Um, Did you get everything trial. back? No. Did you, I didn't get no, anything back. No compensation back. at all? Nothing. Just, you're lucky mm-hmm. you're out. Yep. That's it. You have to a lot of people don't know Palm Springs has become the it spot um, for the gay community oh, because yeah. it yeah. it really did filter out. Um, I don't want to say the riffraff, but the the party scene in Palm Springs is exclusively wealthy, yeah. well-to-do gay guys, older gay guys. Yeah. Boy, are they living a life. Let me tell yeah. you, fellas. Yeah. There's I mean, hotels there that are like party. Play party hotels just for men. Yeah, with like yeah, they have like these mazes of like <laughs> yeah. uh, the glory hole sex swings and stuff. Like just next to the pool, there's like a maze, an outdoor maze. And everybody's in there like, hey, bone on, you know. And I'm like, woo, so crazy. check this place out. So anyway, I drive there and I'm not feeling. I'm starting to recover, feel a bit better, and I drive there and uh, all the way up there by myself. And I get there and there's uh, two guys and. You know, one guy's like, you know, they, they got one guy's telling the other guy about me, and they're like, "Oh, I'd really like to do this and do that." I'm like, "Cool, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for, so mm-hmm. that'll be great." This is a private residence. Private residence, okay. awesome. Playing around a little bit with these two, and then he's like, uh, uh, "Got some, you know, like three or four other guys, and maybe six or seven guys." Then it's like six or seven guys, and some are not that hot to me. And, uh, and I'm like, whatever, it's, you know, big group thing. And and I'm in the hot tub. And at one point, I did fool around with a couple of people. Then it came a bit more packed. And there was one guy that had a bit of a belly. He's really hairy, and I'm not into mm-hmm. that. And another guy that had a real a vibe of, I don't like that guy. There's two guys there where I was like, okay, no way. I'm not going to say, it doesn't matter why. Just something sure. something about one guy and the other guy too hairy. I'm not, that's what Bro, bro, you want to be suck your dick, bro? He didn't. Oh. T- he didn't have that. He actually had a real crazy redneck. He had like a truck driver hat on and shit. He looked like <laughs> he looked like a crazy hee haw guy. Awesome. And it was like he looked like the straightest dude ever. Actually, nice. Yeah. So it was a little bit, but it was off putting to me. I'm not into like super straight truck driving looking guys. Apparently, I figured that out on Sunday. Let's fucking watch NASCAR. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, at one point there was a conversation in the hot tub because I kind of started to lock up and get a little nervous because it was really gay. Like, everybody's really gay. And I'm really clueless to the gay community. I really don't know the ins and outs of it. It's sure. kind of like, um, you know I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm in the hip-hop scene 24-7, but I don't really listen to it. and I don't. But, but I'm in the mix all day. Mm-hmm. So it was really eye-opening. The conversation sort of left me. It wasn't the same as, like, a, a parent conversation at a soccer field. But it was similar on the how much interest I had in the conversation where I was just like, oh, my God. Like, when are we going to start sucking some dicks? Yeah. You know what I mean, like, <laughs> this is crazy. And then finally some other guys showed up and the guy that invited me was like, this guy, is, he'll take care of you. And I was like, all right. And then into the room, I, you know, get like some things happening that I have always wanted to do. And that happens. And I'm like, okay, that was cool. 
feel good about that and come back out and there's uh, the group still in there. And I, I, have be, I have befriended a couple of those guys, the owner of the house I have befriended and uh, the other guys I've just had a couple of conversations with. And the thing that I was doing involved uh, full penetration. Okay. <laughs> I have to put that in this story because that has something to do with the outcome of where this rest of this goes. <laughs> okay. So there's like, I think eight people at least, eight guys. And they're all of my age, maybe a little bit younger, some are a little bit older, all have, they're not all drug, you know what I mean? They're, they're citizens, but they are ragingly gay. Okay. Uh, I am on the, out there in the jacuzzi, I'm on this couch next to it outside by the pool, uh, having a drink and uh, I think, uh, you know, hitting the vape pen and I was looking at my phone, and, you know, naked. Everybody's naked. And I fucking just sneezed out of nowhere. You know, just like, you know what I mean? I just a quick one came out and surprised me. And I just went, and I went, oh my God. <laughs> so I've had some things recently in there and I don't know, this. I'm talking seriously like three living things, maybe four have been in there. I don't okay. do it a lot. And I don't know that much about it. I washed out beforehand like sure. you're supposed to when you, I don't know how Gotta it all. clear the runway. I don't know how it all works, but maybe he was going pretty hard. I don't know exactly how it made any difference, but I sneeze and it just goes, and I'm like, nah. And I, I get up and I've, sure enough, I've like, I've, sh I've sneeze shotted onto this. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> And I've, oh my God. I've, shit, I've shit this cushion. Oh, my God. I've been, there's like eight people listening to some, like, some smooth jazz. You know what oh I mean? Oh, like, my God. Having some, having some cocktails, talking about, <laughs> talking about life and the gay pride that's coming soon and how oh. exciting they, how excited they all are about that coming. And I go, Frit! <laughs> And I'm just like, the only dude that's obviously somewhat straight, obviously the most awkward person in the whole uh, party as well, because I'm not like really talking to everybody. And I didn't drink. I had like two drinks. I didn't feel, I'm like, I can't do that anymore. I, I was worn out from Friday. And so I get up and I go to the shower and I, and I, I like, I turn around and I see like, it's like, it's the shape of my, of my butt crack. You know what I mean? Where it's sure. shot out. Yeah. And there's, but it's like this, there's some stuff on it as well. Like it, it's risen off the, oh, off no. the cushion. Okay. So it's so a bit chunky. It's got it's, some volume. It's a, it's, a, it's a, there's a, you know I mean? There's shit on it. Oh my For God. sure. It's not a skid mark. It's like a fucking turd on there okay. almost. It's runny though. You know, so it's uh, not like a solid one. Like a gel. Uh, yeah. Something like that. But so anyway, I go in the shower and I'm in the shower washing, cleaning my butt out and stuff. And I'm thinking, man. What is the plan? Like, what am I going to... I'm like, I'm going to go and tell everybody in the jacuzzi that I just sneezed and shit on the fucking couch. Wait. My bad. There's no other way. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to, like, just leave and leave leave a turd there. Like, that's sure. not cool, man. Now, did, before you got up to the shower, did you think to remove the, the gel? For a second, when I stood up, I was like, should I reach for the turd? Like, I knew it wouldn't come off. Like, it was, it was a... It was a uh, a uh, uh, baby blue couch. <laughs> and, and cloth. We're not talking like some 
yeah. shiny leather yeah, or no, something. No, yeah, yeah, cloth, yeah. And, okay. it, and it was like I runny shard into it. It's not coming out. You okay. Know? Couldn't just grab it and pick it up. It was in. Because I was sitting down on it too. I like high pressure, man. He's looking at me like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. It's going to be a huge show. Everyone's going to love this. So I shower, clean up, and then I come back out and I'm like, there's no, I don't want to like be in the middle of trying to clean it. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I'm pretty tired. I'm like, I don't know these people. I'm like, hey, uh, while you guys were talking, I was just over there and I sneezed. And something come out of me. It's on the couch. I got to probably got to. It's like a thing. I, I, I like I shit on the couch. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know what I mean? Half of them don't even know me. Some of them are a bit awkward because they were like trying to get on me and I was not into that or whatever. Yeah. The owner was a nice guy. And I was like, hey, owner, you know what I mean? I, I shit on your couch. You know what I mean? Really and I'm sorry. Like, and it's cool because I'm telling everybody. So what am I going to do? Happy birthday, me. I think that's how I, at, the, at the end of my speech, I said happy birthday to me. And then uh, he's like, well, there's some uh, stuff under the sink. You can spray on it and then maybe hose it off or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And, he, and, he, and so off I go, get some stuff, and I walk past everybody with the spray, and I grab the cushion and take it off and go over to the other side where the hose is, and the, you know what I mean, like 40 feet away, butt naked, and start scrubbing shit off a cushion. And then I put it on the other side in the sun and – Sit there for a second, and everyone's like, cool. Hey, man, don't feel weird about that. These things happen. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's cool. And I'm thinking, no. No, it's not that cool. You're not that cool, and you need to go. And then, uh, you know, paced around a little bit until I was like, oh, I'm going to go. It's like, not because of that, is it? I'm like, no, 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 I don't give a shit. That's fine. I mean, like you said, these things happen. But, man, so humiliating. And then I just got in my car and drove like four hours back to Los Angeles in <laughs> Sunday afternoon traffic because I just couldn't stay there. I was like, I can't. I got to get out of here. I haven't told it. That's welcome to High and Dry. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is without question one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, without question. Uh, There's just no... It's not even in the book. Like, these just keep coming. They hit... <laughs> Just keep coming. Like, You're never going to stop writing books because uh, it's your life. I don't know just... if anybody wants to read that story. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to want to read my fucking book either. This well, be a... we'll be able to gauge oh. by the downloads of this, uh, this podcast. I mean, that's a whole nother level. I think that's a yeah. cultural thing, too. You just, you know, <laughs> what about if you make out with a girl and you just bend her over and pull her pants and well, eat her ass? For it was, I was just talking about and eating ass. Like, See you later. I, mean, that, I was just talking just about eating practice. ass. Like, they're... I try it on pretty much all uh, you're young always, ladies. You're always you're an ass struggling. Eating maniac, I like I eating ass. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, me too. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, the reactions vary greatly. You're saying, <laughs> wait, you're saying <laughs> man, you don't get a read on a girl before, because you, you got to know when a girl is an ass-eating girl. Before you eat her ass. You give a little you slurps just, in the area. I don't area. like try to, t try to break people into the fucking new era of ass eating. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that guy. I'm like, you're a chick that wants to get her ass eaten, and I'm your guy. I don't fucking... You know what? You should try one. I'm not breaking that into anybody. I, 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 I suspect a lot of times. And, <laughs> and I, you're wrong and sometimes? I'm wrong. Just ah, just and they're like, wait oh, a miss. Yes. Not that, oh, wow. <laughs> that wow, I'm you've been that. denied. Yeah. You've been like... Where not, she jumps not, up like her pants are on fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> 
More, uh, more. I've, I'm so bad. Bro, you're supposed to give a little slurp to the green zone. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. demilitarized yeah, zone. The wall, like the Mexican. Well, I do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Like I'll go. Lick it. I'll go taint lick, and then and then I'll be like, all right, we we've gotten this far. Let's let's get down to business. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, like a quick little tongue dart, and and you know, that's your technique. That's your technique. No, 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 butt dart. Straight in for a dart. Yeah, no. come on, Nobody bro. You got to give like a, a lap, like a tongue lap, yeah. like lap. And yeah. then, you know no, what I mean? No, 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 I, I do. And then I the do. poke. Okay, that's what you do. You no. just said you go Wait, straight no, in for no, a no, dot. No, 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 hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'll, 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 okay. So like, this is taint. And this uh -huh. is butthole. Yeah. I'll be licking here and then there'll be like a brush yeah. on the butthole. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, if that's okay, then I'm gonna go, go down. I'm gonna go for business. Yeah, it's wild. And then and you like I said, that. sometimes you do it, but you do it, you make your tongue wide and you cover the whole right. hole. Mm -hmm. And you swirl the tongue around on the hole like yeah. before you make you the 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 shape of any kind of dot. What he's tongue. saying is you have to seduce the butthole. Yeah, yes. yeah. You like lather the butthole up and make you wa it wants the, to be done. Katie, Jason, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you guys have um, come to the conclusion. I'm not much of a seductive guy. Yeah. You just bend about it. You know, you do that. You're like the Mr. Bean of butthole eating. <laughs> Jeez, bro. <laughs> I'm pretty straight. I'm pretty ham-handed yes. when it comes yeah. to things yeah. sexually. So That's in the so end, if they like it, do you just? Do you just butt fuck them with your face? Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, obviously. So if, they, so, if they, so if they're like, yeah, okay, I'm into uh, tongue, tongue dye. Cheek to you're just cheek. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. If, if, I, if I get the dart. You swell nothing. If, I get, the dart, if I get the dart in, then I start, I, I start to implore my practices of eating a vagina, which would be a lot of soft licking, then too uh. hard. Then, you know, so, but, but Apples I and oranges, I look bud. At, look at, we we need how, to work on your technique. I, I, I look at Katie, it. Pull your pants down. Let's see. The, <laughs> I look at it like yeah. I look Next at it like level. sparring. I look at it like sparring. <laughs> you do? Yes. <laughs> well, there's your man, first problem. I'm, man, my ass is scared of you. You work, you work around. You work around. You know the ring a little bit. Do you? And yeah. then every once in a while, jab, you get a little jab. stiff. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. I, I work around the ring a little <laughs> bit. Loosen those shoulders up, buddy. <laughs> and then uh, you work around the ring a little bit. And then every once in a while, like. You might catch one. You just you throw just a fucking jam. right hand in there, <laughs> and then you you gauge how someone reacts how to that, and you're like, dodging? okay, this is how we're gonna spar. I don't Man. know. Some people are really so tentative. To, to gauge, you just go. It's like fucking. You get a fucking girl, and you're rubbing your dick around her pussy, and then you just go. Wah! Yeah. And say, how's that? How was yeah. that? How's that straight jab right up there? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't do that, man. You I gotta know. like work a little. You know, you know what I mean? I work the body. I work the body before I, I go for the Widowmaker. This <laughs> metaphor doesn't track. Yeah, man. I'm you're, telling you, it does. You're a scary butt-licking guy. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Here's a better analogy. You, it's more like pickup basketball <laughs> with a bunch of people that you don't know. Even better. Like, yes. some people call wait, what? what? Now yeah, you what? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, wait, what, what, is people, the, what is your tongue in this? You go, down, you go down to Venice Beach at the basketball courts, and you don't know anybody there. Uh -oh. and you're like, hey, I want to play. You get in there. You don't know what type. Some dudes call fouls on everything. You just brush up against them. And they're calling a foul. Some dudes fucking are dunking on each other, and it doesn't. It, uh, people punch each other in the face. They're not gonna. Every anything goes. So you have to like see it out. And if if I so know you're that you're saying I, that you eat ass, prison rules. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh. I, I no understand. Fouls. You don't answer to anybody. No fouls. That's how I want to play. But if I can assess that a girl is gonna call a foul on everything, <laughs> I gotta play her game. When I went to Prague and I did my first double anal. Double anal. 
Yeah, two dicks in the ass. Yeah. And typically there's like a dick in your vagina. I don't remember. I couldn't do it as well as Nikki could. And like we were eating afterwards at like a restaurant and literally I'm wearing leggings and like no underwear. Oh no. It's just falling out of me at a restaurant. I'm like, Nikki, I'm looking at her dead on. I'm like, Nikki, I'm shitting myself right now. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. And you couldn't make it, it no, just like that, it was I, it a just, slow leak or was it like just, the actual turds coming out? It was like, it was like mushy. Like it's um, not like. Paste. Logs. But like poo paste. More liquidy. Like almond butter. How smelly. much would it fill up a shot glass? Oh yeah. Like if, would it fill up Maybe like a more. milkshake glass? A lot. Like a coffee mug. <laughs> Probably. Would it fill this up? Oh yeah. Oh. I went, out I went, on, the, on the seat at so, a restaurant. Yes, but we were paying, thank God. So oh. I, then we start walking back to our like- You left the turd hostel. squish all over this chair. Well, then I went to like the bathroom, trying to like clean up as best as I could. Did you did you try to clean the chair? It was like like this kind of material. So like you could just like wipe it. Oh. Like it oh, okay. wasn't like- yeah, That's great. Yeah. And we left and we started walking back to our hostel and literally I'm just walking in the streets of Prague and it's just not stopping. Oh. You're just shitting down the street. And she could hear it. Like Nikki could hear it coming out of my ass and she's laughing. What kind of sound <laughs> does- like shit leaking out of an ass sound like? Like, like fart like, bubbles. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And loud. And so I'm hiding in like alleys. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm laughing so it's worse. You were laughing shit out of yourself yeah. while going down the street. And there were people walking. So I was hiding in little alleyways. Like, oh my God, Nikki. And she just keeps walking. Wait, you were hiding in an alleyway just going. Waiting for people to walk by. Yeah. So they could see the poo monster. So they wouldn't see me. But if they saw that you in the alleyway, there was a poo monster in the alleyway. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. The yeah. American poo monster is coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so bad. It's like the, wow. most, the most beautiful city so too. It's how like do you get stunning place? How did you in? We made get, it back to the hostel. How do you? How do you walk into a hostel with shit coming out of your ass? There, I mean, there's like nobody there. We did have to share a bathroom with a random stranger, but like he wasn't there. Thank <laughs> God. Um, and I threw my pants out the window. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a whole thing. Uh, what happened after you threw the pants out the window? How's that? That was it. That's it. End of story. Yeah. <sighs> Cleaned myself up and then got ready for day two. Of more DP? <laughs> yeah. I didn't do double anal that day because I couldn't. I was like, y'all can go fuck yourself. Yeah, good for you. So there's a time you were like, did you tell him that you shit down the streets? You no. had a gargling butthole? No, I just said <laughs> my butt is sore from taking two dicks yesterday. But we'll take one dick today. Okay. Yeah. And the one dick wasn't too bad after No, that. and then Nikki was taking the two dicks, so it was fine. Good for you, Nikki. Mm-hmm. That bitch. That bitch. It makes me so mad because there's a position. Your wife in, you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. In double anal where the two dudes will like lay flat and scissor like this, like with their oh, legs, and it puts make- their dicks like this. Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you can kind of just sit on it. Yeah. Which is the hardest position. Literally, I was like struggling. I was like tearing, like crying a little bit, trying to like get in the zone. Nikki, I look over in the corner and she just like, plops on it and just dead pans. I'm like, you could fit two more in there, can't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? How many dicks do you think she could put filling in her butt? Um, she could probably do quadruple penetration, definitely, but getting four dudes to do that probably wouldn't like work because they're big. Right. So three dudes in like a dildo. Too many legs. I think she could do that. I get your thing because you're friends with him and shit. And I don't really know much about politics. I know that yeah. I said one joke 
a while back on your Instagram when you showed me like a different presidents and Trump comes through and I said, well, what's up with that wall? And you hit me back like, fucking the wall is getting built. And then you sent me another link where the video of a wall being built. And I'm like, God damn, dude, I was just- I do my homework, man. I was just man. fucking around. Well, the wall, the wall is not entirely built. It's ne- no, it's not entirely built. They're still building so right now though, as we speak. But it's just, it's like, you're not angry at me because I don't- I'm not angry at you. Right. I, like, I, so I, I respect don't, you. Come on, I respect you. You know, that's why we live here in America. We right, have a so choice I don't to want you, I don't, agree I don't like history. Hillary, but- I don't want you to get an Obama tattoo or something. Like you got to. But that was an agreement. See, now if- <laughs> <laughs> we did not agree that if you won, that I would get some sort of presidential, uh, <laughs> what, le- like Republican tattoo. We did not agree on any of that. I'm we not a Republican. On- that's the, that's the whole deal. I'm not a Republican. Whatever, no, whatever the fucking hats. Whatever, dude. I don't want any <laughs> hats on my leg. Okay. To get people to talk about shit that I don't care about that stuff. Okay, I can't. Okay. It's not, I will it's agree not, with you. Because it gets people get people don't nobody knows enough. Yes. And but everybody wants to be in the fight. Right. And I, as a guy that just because you, you fight, you entertain people. Well, I entertain people too. Yeah. And 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 when I talk about politics, it's not that entertaining when it, when I when people hear me go, Well, I think that you know, man, everybody should oh, shut up, Jason, you idiot. You don't know anything about any of it. I don't. I know I don't. I'm like, man, that guy's still seems- learning. Then there's an opportunity for you to educate yourself. Look, if Trump was texting me all the time, I'd be leaning towards maybe not, trying to support- He hasn't texted me one time since he's been a president. Not one time. And I talked to Eric. Yes, that's different. Eric but didn't Trump. he come to the. F- oh, wait. His son? You're friends with one of them, aren't you? Uh, both of them, actually. Right, well, Jr. there you go. You're yeah. friends with the, his son. Well, I mean, I, I worked for him in uh, the Celebrity Apprentice. The Celebrity Apprentice, right. So Before you befriended he- him. Yes. And you thought he was a nice guy at that amazing t- at guy. the time. Yeah, right. Amazing guy. Hard so work that's, American. That's I can see that how that is a uh, um I look, I'm not even trying to shit on the guy. I, yeah. I don't I I get I'm, worried. I feel like you're it's uh you're not a white guy, you're kind of you're kind of I'm, Mexican. I'm a mutt. I'm a, so am I. I'm a, I'm and I feel mutt. like there's a that's lot funny. of people that get the wrong idea from some of his stuff and they come across in a way where I'm like, oh my God, you guys are a fucking you should watch it. Because you guys yeah. sound really sketchy. And someone who looks like you, I'm like, man, that's weird that you don't see that from time to time. That- well, you know, I, I think that uh, the lefts really painted a picture that is not true. And they kind of take quotes, and they misquote things, and they kind of put them together and edit them the way they should think they wanted to hear be heard. And it's not the way it was put out. Look, um, I see I see as a neutral person, because I, I don't support either. I haven't heard anybody really talk where I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, awesome. I hate to say it. I know I'm a foreigner. And I live here, and I, I'm, I love America. Yes. That's why I moved here. It's way better than Australia. That's, I, sorry. Love it here. Yeah. Uh, I, Australia's pretty nice, though. I just I don't mean, know. I just always, it just seems all mixed up so much that there's a lot of, I don't know who to back, and I, I, everyone seems pretty angry. A lot of div- divided people. It's the media's fault. It really is. All the lies. My Instagram should be only of people getting punched in the face, Nice asses, you know, I mean, some skateboarding and some dirt biking. I mean, some nice, some uh, vacation holiday photos. Yeah, that's I, what I should be seeing in my scroll. But for some weird reason, I every now and my thing, it's like, did you know that you know he's impeached and blah? And I'm like, man, why is my Instagram trying to tell me about politics when you know damn well I don't want to fucking hear about your shit? Yeah, because it's I, not I, doing I, anything. And you know what? I'm as a young kid, I, I really didn't really get into politics at all. That makes sense. I didn't understand until I got into my 35, 40s when I started. Now you're into it heavily. Because I'm paying 50% taxes. I want to know where my money's going. I want to know who, 
who's being back? Where's this money going? Where, why, and uh, who are we taking care of with that money? Mm-hmm. Where's that, you know, what's happening to our veterans? What's Because that's your big thing. It's vet, It's the troops. The troops is huge, man. When you they support come back them home, 100%. 100%. You know, when they come home, it's like, uh, you know, they're just thrown into the streets. They don't have any jobs. Some, and you think some, that Trump is the guy that gets these guys off the streets? He will help. Yes. Has he? To a certain extent, yes, he has. And in the past, it hasn't happened. Has not. It's just been every, everybody is so worried about taking care of the world that they forget about America, and it's scary. It's mm. very scary. And as this little uh, impeachment stuff starts going on, um, <coughs> I think it was a mistake on the Democratic Party because all of a sudden they're being shown for who they truly are. When you say because when the impeachment thing, all I know is that uh, he did make a call to somebody and was asking for them to check out uh, Joe Biden and his son. For taking would, money. For what? Taking money from Ukraine. But it's illegal for him to do that. He, he right? He, Am so, I wrong? Reportedly, allegedly, said he would withhold funds to the Ukraine unless they gave him this information. So it was, it right. was a quid pro quo. And you can't do that, right? No, you cannot. You cannot do that. But they, sometimes you got to do that? Is that what you think? Nah, nah, nah. I mean, sometimes you got to do a lot of things, but I don't know. To that point, I don't think it's true. I, oh, you don't think that it happened? No, I, I think, oh, so that I, guy that's in I, the- I think those funds were, were held way before that. It was even a, a situation that came about. And I don't know exactly. So, I mean, I'm this is my See, opinion. once again, we go into the, we, we just touched on it for a second. And we're going into the, he said, she said, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. Nobody can actually prove it for sure. So what is the point? You know yeah, what I mean? Maybe take Democrats care of your family and, yeah. and, and try to be nice to people yeah. and try to help. Take uh, care of our people here. Here yeah, in the United yeah, yeah. States, protect our country here. This is what matters. Let's, you know, what they say is uh, we try to help everything on the outside. Everything on the inside gets ruined. But if you help everything on the inside first, then you can start helping everybody on the outside. Oh, I don't know anybody who isn't into that. I mean, I just don't. I feel like that's. I mean, maybe there's there's tax dollars. I mean, when you say it like that, you're making it out like somebody had a plan to do it this particular way. I feel like there's more of there's so many players in this game that are arguing to get a piece of the pie to help other people in the world and in our, in our own country. Some are better at arguing. Some have got people that they argue with that aren't as good at arguing. And therefore, they're getting some money where it, you look at it and you go, wait a minute, my tax dollar is going overseas to help these motherfuckers when it could be helping these people right here that fucking fought for our country. I don't think anyone said, let's not give anything to anybody that fought for the country. Let's give it to the Europe, to foreign countries. Yeah. I don't. I think it's just more of... I mean, big organizations, but big business, the dude. There's so many I mean, people in well, the that, pie doing shit. That's where you got. That's where you hit on, on the nail on the head. Yeah. A lot of people look at the divisiveness in this country as this conservative versus liberal division. That's not really true. Should the reality I? is, is that the division in this country is the elitists and the populists. Yes. Because you're totally right. The general population overall, you could be a super lib and living in West Hollywood or some right wing guy from Texas. Most of us pretty much agree on about 90% of the things when we yes. get to talking. But the problem is, is that people in Washington, D.C., the big Wall Street, like giant tech corporations, the people who actually do are the movers and the shakers have a much different idea of where this money should be going and what is best for them and their cause overall. And there's an, a, like a, 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 an industry and a complex built around them profiting in lieu of us getting what we want as the general population. And that's really where the divide is, you know? Hmm. And it's, it's, you know, your shit, man. Right I try. On. I like this. <laughs> Mike's pretty smart. Yeah. Mike's yeah. brilliant, man. It's, it's, uh, 
I just hang but out. It's just common, common sense. It's common sense. You know, it's common sense. what is your favorite genre of porn? If you go onto a porn hub or a YouTube or porn, you porn, what is, what is a Hanato type in? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's almost like music where, you know, you get tired of, you, you, you know, you kind of play out certain sure. stuffs or whatever. But if I have one, you know what it's like? Like, in, if you're in my car, mostly it's going to be hip hop. But then there's also going to be jazz, hawk, you know, all kind of fucking shit. But the go-to, I tend to like a, um, a woman with uh, some form of a huge buttocks. Not mm-hmm. huge. Let's say a bubble butts or, or a pong. You know, whatever. Huh? Are you into yeah, pogs? Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like pogs. And I like the combination of like um, a chick who looked like she's too sweet and innocent um, and a guy who looked like he's from Compton or whatever yeah. and have a big uh, uh, salam. Dick. Yeah. And then uh, I like I like that kind of stuff. I like that too. You know? Yeah. Um, good. I don't like highly produced stuffs. More um, gonzo. I, I like… Oh, oh, also, I like um, straight up uh, amateur… You know, see a nasty amateur blowjob or something mm-hmm. like that? POV. Yeah. We don't like fisting. I do not like that. I don't yeah. like it. I'll tell you this, though. Yeah, we learned that recently. I, okay, so I don't like to watch that. And I thought that I would never uh, enjoy any of that kind of activity. Hey. One time I, I was… I had to do that the other day. What? To fist that one? Yeah. Well, I'll tell which you. Which hole? A, a field, no, female? I didn't get fisted. No, somebody, which, somebody which just hole? A so, female or a butthole. male? Yeah, that's what You I went thought. into a butthole? Yeah, kind of. See, that's like, different. But they, I did, but my, my hand wouldn't fit. You've got some mitts on you. I know. I know. I'm like, man, stop it. And I sprained my thumb punching, so it was like kind of annoying. Oh, I thought you said you sprained your thumb in the person's trying asshole. Trying to get it in there? I kind of re-sprained it because they kept trying to push down on it. I'm like, it's not going to fit. I don't know why you're doing this. Yeah, I don't like the sound <laughs> of that one. But you guys, you guys, you yeah. okay, Dylan? faces. You okay? <laughs> There's people who really enjoy I that was shit. Bummed. Yeah, I was kind of bummed. I just took it because I was you know, trying to be… Polite, but see, I, I never did it in that. somebody's asshole. But with, with a, a female, um, one time I was with a girl who was like uh, more on the lesbian side than mm-hmm. on the, and she's used to doing it. You know, so you know how they gotta do some creative shit because sure. there's no dick involved, so they gotta uh, come up with some stuff. And you know, I was fingering her, whatever, and then she kept upping the ante with the fingers, you know. Mm. And then at a certain point, like I, I was just like up, basically my whole fucking hand in there going re rip. And I was like, once I was like shocked because I don't have small hand either. Okay. <coughs> um, I mean, I have a big fucking hand, and the whole shit was in there. And I was like, and it looked crazy, but she was, and then just whack, square. And I was like, wow, this is okay. You're like a DJ. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking. It's more like a squid in a washing machine. Oh my God. <laughs> really? If that's not the title of this podcast, then that's I don't not even a bad know what we're doing. title. It's like a, you know, I mean, like a. You should do titles of each episode. You, you know, episode blah blah blah. Squid in a washing machine. I think we do. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, we're doing oh. pretty advanced. Well, then this one is definitely that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't take a fist. I wouldn't expect you to. I would only want that if somebody want that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever had, you want. I've only had women really try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Malice gave it a good go. Doesn't get it. You know what? One friend. She had little hands. One friend got it in there, but she was like right on the edge, and then she just went. <laughs> and it fucking hurt. Oof. But she got it in, but it was like not enjoyable. Oh. You know. But she was fisting no. someone else at the same time. So it was more so for was her like, oh, yeah. to be like, look at me. That, and that's I was like, real I, double fisting. I get it. She was you know? arrogant. I was glad to be a part of it, but I also not glad to be a part of it. Yikes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that chick's a bit of a champion though. She is. 
shoes. I think Stormy. All right. You guys are both champions, really. <laughs> eh, both champions when it comes down to it. Well, thanks. I've never been thanks, on the end Mike. of a double fisting. No. The end of it. There's Just, still time. Uh, can't find some loose women. Hanato? Yeah. Your favorite movie? I mean, I've been asked this many times, and uh, I, it, that's almost impossible to say your favorite song, you know? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, yes. your right now. Song? No, I'm just saying, hi now? Yeah. I, I just say the, the same one I always say is just Hedging Bull. I mean, if I have to Ugh. say it, because it has so much shit that I liked um, in one film. It's beautiful. Um, it's, a great, but, it's a great choice. To be honest, I mean, that's just me saying some shit because there's no, so I have no favorite movie. But but if I had to say, God, I, like there's a movie I would wish to have that did, like that's a perfect fucking movie.